allowing ourselves to be fully present in this moment. Breathing in all of the seeming anxiety, the seeming of things not coming together, and simply breathing them out, knowing that everything, regardless of appearances, continues to unfold in perfect and divine order. Because I know, and I know that I know that the infinite is here. God is here. I am one with this divine presence, rooted, grounded, born in it. I know, I trust, impeccably trust God. And in knowing and trusting, rest ruling and abiding in this faith, I know that we are one with this infinite power. It is the same force that which woke us, that which raises the sun, everything is God. And so it is from this place that I, Sonia, speak my word, knowing, believing, trusting that everything is always unfolding in perfect order. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it sounds like, God is moving, working, unfolding. Our job is to trust, to know, to believe, to remember, to remember, to touch and agree because it's all good in God. And so I'm giving thanks for this service, for the many hands, the many hearts that support it in unfolding. I am giving thanks for our beloved Reverend Andriette, for her leadership, for her clarity, for her willingness to be a faith keeper and a light bearer. I am grateful for our musical inspiration. I am grateful for our practitioners and our board. I am grateful for the opportunity to speak this word and the good sense to be grateful. And so it is in perfect gratitude that I simply release this word, knowing that it is already done, trusting, expecting, and accepting it as so, now and forever. And so it is.
beautiful so very very beautiful thank you Tammy Hall thank you Tammy Brown thank you heart and soul and all of you who are tuned in and have had the patience to to bear with us let me just remind you of those lyrics because when you believe something else can happen I love the part that says seeking faith what seeking faith and speaking words I never thought I'd say. Though hope is frail, it's hard to kill. So it's in the words of Jesse Jackson, keep hope alive. And even as we move through this service with technology doing its thing, and us doing our thing, I want to just give a quick shout out to our, our heart and soul virtual Sunday team. Because what you can't see, maybe one day we will manage to turn the cameras on them just so that you can have a sense of, well, that wouldn't give you a sense. You'd just be looking at them. But what, you, what I want you to have a sense of is how they are pouring their hearts, their very hearts and absolutely every bit of energy into ensuring that we broadcast a service, that you are served. So know this with me, that no matter how the service unfolds on your screen presently, that we will have um, music, and a talk for you, a me my message to post for you later. So no matter what happens, do not, for what? Keep hope alive. The hope is frail, what? <laughs> it's hard to kill. So our work is to keep hope alive indeed. So I wanna remind you also that one of the slides that you saw before uh, 
Tammy Brown sang is Revelations 21 and 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And that's really this notion of, of, of hope, of being willing to, to envision and anticipate and expect something more, something greater. James Baldwin says to us that not everything that is faced can be changed. But look, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. So that, that helps us to put things in their proper order that just you facing the thing is not sufficient. But if you don't face it, then it cannot possibly unfold in a way that is more to your liking. It's impossible to have, to call forth the intentional shift, change, and transformation. So I'm, I'm wanting to move from, from that awareness because Professor Eddie Glode uh, at Princeton, he is a professor of African-American studies at Princeton, offers us this. By the way, he has a, a new book entitled Begin Again, and it is about James Baldwin. And here's what, what he offers us. He says, any honest examination of the national life, Baldwin wrote this in 1959. He says, proves how far we are from the standard of human freedom with which we began. And this beginning, of course, is 1776, where we have the Declaration of Principles, where we have the uh, Bill of Rights and the Constitution. It's the, the forming of this nation. So that's the, that's the beginning. And so he, uh, Gloat says, I want to suggest that Baldwin had in mind the principles enunciated in the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all people, I know that it says all men, but I'm upgrading it. Why? Because although hope is frail, it's hard to kill. And so I am holding that it really means all humans are created equal, that they are endowed, all humans are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Gloat says that Baldwin found something compelling enough about these principles that he thought they may be useful to us in the present. And he said this, Baldwin, the recovery of this standard demands of everyone who loves this country a hard look at himself and herself for the greatest achievements must begin somewhere. And they always begin with the person at the individual level. Viktor Frankl, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. We're talking now about individual freedoms and religious science, the, the practice of science of mind and spirit is often 
practiced in a way or taught and practiced in a way that limits it to this notion of personal and individual freedom. My intention, though, is, is for us to see that it's much, much broader than that, that we're talking up. Well, let, let me just tell you what Ernest Holmes very specifically says. He says, if we want freedom, we must understand that freedom is born finally and only in such degree as some system is devised. Freedom is as systemic as anything else in our culture. So there must be a system of freedom. So this is shifting it from just that personal individualized freedom where I'm aware that I can do what I want to do. I can manifest. There's power in my word and I use my word for my greater good. It's that level of personal freedom that we're talking about here, that Ernest Holmes is raising the bar to say that a system must be devised whereby individuals, plural, not just the individual personal freedom, but individuals are allowed complete freedom. I'm going to put a period there. He just goes on to say as long as that, that freedom is not hurting or harming anyone else, but that's already our consciousness. And I want to leave us with this idea of individuals, plural, as in all humanity, having freedom, complete freedom. And so here's where I want to go, and I'm really going to skip ahead because I want to get right to this notion of, well, First, let me, Ernest Holmes, uh, let me l lay this groundwork, this foundation, where he says freedom means to eliminate from consciousness all those things which bind and limit the free flowing of divine spirit through us. So this idea of complete freedom for all individuals is very specifically that it is the elimination within us and around us from holding us in anything. He says, keeping personal choice immersed in the divine flow of spirit so that we're one with it and we understand and practice our oneness. And that that practice, he says, brings us to the power that Yeshua used, the master teacher that the world ultimately came to call Jesus. And when we do that, the works of Yeshua become possible for us when we believe. I'm trying to work on something here this morning. When we believe a new heaven and a new earth, when we believe, we begin to, when we believe in freedom for all, we begin to call in our connection with the one. We are so engaged in our personal divinity and we know that we can't just be like personally divine and nobody else. So we are engaged in an awareness of the divinity of all, period. And then I got to say parenthetically, all humanity, that, we, that we're understanding that and that's what gives us access to this promise that even greater things shall ye do, but not while you just willing to do them for you and the people who look like you. 
but even greater things can ye do when you are engaged in the greater work of seeing a new heaven and thus a new earth. Because it's a reflection, by the way. Our higher thought is reflected in our daily experience. So the new heaven is manifest as the new earth. It's all about our ideas. So look, I, I, I want to talk a little bit here, or well, maybe it's more than a little bit today, about this notion of liberation and freedom, because I, I don't know that I know how to define them. What I find is that in our in our conversations, especially of late, we, we conflate the terms. We, freedom, liberation, liberty, it, 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 we pretty much mean the same thing. I'm going to do my best, though, to, to kind of um, tease out some ideas here that I think can support us in our new heaven. <laughs> Our, this consciousness, a new consciousness. What is it that we're holding? What is it that we're knowing? What is it that we're willing to use the power of our word to call into being? So liberation has been defined as being set free or obtaining equal rights. I'm not pretending that anything I say um, gives us the entire universe of the use or definition of that. I'm, I'm really trying to introduce some terms and a context for them. Does that make sense? I'm just laying some groundwork, but I'm really going to ask you all to do the work. That's, what it, that's what's really happening. Look, I, and that freedom is defined as a state of being free, independent without restriction. The difference, it has been said, is that liberation means set free and freedom means being free. Here's, I have a sense that it, it may help us though. I, I awakened and I saw these, these circles and I had this notion that at the very center of it is our personal individual freedom. This, this notion of I as a human, as, as a human being um, expressing, I'm sorry, I as a spiritual being expressing in human form have certain powers. Absolutely. At the very center of the way I'm seeing this, this, this imagery, I get that, yes, each and every one of us is empowered to declare what he or she would have be their, their will. That's their declaration. I am. I will be. I will have. I will do. All of that is at the center of this where the personal power is. But... You know, in the immortal words of the Isley brothers, we got work to do. Because beyond that is the collective freedom. And that's where we, see, I, I, I think that the order though is correct. We have to first see ourselves as empowered. We have to first know as Tammy saying that when we believe that something else can happen, but we can't just see it for ourselves is what I'm saying. There's a collective freedom into which we must pour, into which we must stand, into which we must declare the greater good for all concerned. 
you know, heart and soul as an affiliate of Centers for Spiritual Living is all the way in for a world that works for everyone. But a world that works for everyone is not called forth by individual freedom or personal freedom. Now, it cannot happen. Look, don't, don't get me wrong. It cannot happen if you don't get that you have some personal freedoms because you'll never speak up for the greater good. So that's important, but if you stop there, there's no way we're going to have a world that works for everyone. Dare I say that the reason we... Mm, okay, y'all can finish it. So look, the co collective freedom must be born out of a commitment to, a desire for, an engagement of the greater good for all concerned. And it's out of that consciousness that we ultimately have collective liberty. And liberty in this context is really this notion of, of what happens in the system of freedom. That just because I feel empowered and I know that my inalienable right is that I can speak and know and be, there really must be a collective liberty that is established that allows that to happen. And that's been a missing point. You see, the, the whole idea, I hope this is, is clear, keep playing with it. I'm not, this is not me laying down law. This is me inviting you to the way that I am seeing it, the way that I'm thinking of it. And what I realize is that very often, certainly in, in the science of mind and spirit, we are talking more personally, and we are forgetting that Ernest Holmes talked about the importance of systems of freedom. And so this notion of collective liberty requires a system in which there can be collective liberty. It means that the declaration must have teeth. It means that it requires more than all of us having memorized that part of the preamble in elementary school. It requires that it really means something, that each and every one of us, if we, if we you know, pass the mic or allowed every elementary student in every school everywhere to come up front and say how this is manifest in their life, in their neighborhood that they'd all, they, you'd have to take them off, say, okay, okay, that's enough. That's enough. We, we need to have time for everybody to share how their inalienable rights and freedoms are so abundant that we hardly have enough time for everyone to be able to share. The reason that that's not so is because there's a crack in our foundation. And as I think about the kind of system that we have in place, a sister friend reminded me of one of my favorite films, The Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. And in this film, part of what happens is every day you go and you have your mind erased so that you no longer remember that that painful love experience or that, that what, whatever it is you don't want to remember. 
And unfortunately, America is, has been working on the eternal sunshine of a spotless mind, not being willing to remember or recall all that it set in motion and wants to turn the corner in any given moment and wonder why these people not acting like, well, because it was set up that way. And so rather than, rather than go in every day and erase our memories of the truth of the history of these United States, you see our shoulders are broad enough, our hearts are big enough, our minds are sufficiently developed where we can handle the truth. We can understand and, and, and we can live without shame and blame, but we've got to tell the truth. We've got to work on some reconciliation. Ernest, I'm sorry, James Baldwin reminds us that any change implies the breakup of the world as we've always known it. So it's to break up the lies, the, the insinuation that, that everybody has had access when everyone has not had access. But once we establish that they have not, we can now work to see how can we do this. This, I think, has everything to do with some of the conversation that we're having now about let's move money around. Let's rebudget. Let's budget in a way that is consistent with what we're saying about what it is we are committed to doing and having done. That all people are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So you see, if we, if we let what is fall away, so that we can, and I know it, it looks like, what does James Baldwin say? The end of safety. It changes our identity, and don't we want to? Don't we want to change our collective identity in a way that we are standing in love and in deep caring and in, well, once again, Ernest Tong says the divine plan is one of freedom. That bondage is not God-ordained. Freedom is the birthright of every living soul. So you see, if we, let the, if we let the false, that bondage is set for certain people and freedom set for others, if we let that fall away, we can live in, we can offer up that it's for everyone. And he reminds us that we all instinctively already feel this instinctively we know this is true even though it's not evidenced the truth points to freedom under the law he says thus the inherent nature of man is forever seeking to express itself in terms of freedom let's clear the way so that that can happen Madiba says that none of us was born hating each other and in fact, if we can learn to hate as we have, or we would not have children in cages. See, that there's no way. There's no way to have children in cages. And don't you dare ask whose children. Once I say children in cages, outrage ought to be everywhere so that that could not be happening on our watch more than 30 minutes. 
the news would say, well, how long were they held in cages? 30 minutes after it was broadcast to the American public, that was over. Why? Because we're committed to having freedom for all. And you cannot have freedom for all. You see, an inalienable right would have to include not being in a cage. Look at here. On my planet, freedom and liberation 2020 and 2020 is somehow it's moving us from a moment to a movement. See, see there's, there's, some, there's, there's a lot that's going on right now. We are in the double pandemic. Y'all know this on every level. And you know, one pandemic has been since 1619. And some would say that I'm, I'm, I, I know some of my brothers and sisters tuned in. You're like, before that, I hear you. I'm just, I'm just going to put a mark right here. 1619. We're going to start with that. And I know you can go back and Christopher Columbus and I'll, I'll go, but let's. Let's just start at 1619, because we just need a marker. So 1619, the pandemic of racism and terrorism began, or was so firmly established, let me not say began, because I'm trying to eliminate the emails later. So it didn't begin there. But it was ensconced. It was set. The concrete was set in such a way. That's where, that's where the foundation was broken. So irreparably, meaning broken so you couldn't just come in and paste it together, put a little spit and something on it. That it really, you see what's happening now is we must re-engineer it. And I'm wanting us to get that this second pandemic, or this other pandemic, I'm not saying there haven't been others in health pandemics in between, but this current health pandemic in combination has created, has illuminated a moment. And my prayer is that we do not allow this to just be a moment but that through our initiative and our commitment, we ensure that it's a movement, a transformational movement of self-love that includes a compelling vision or multiple compelling visions. You know, if the, it's the trainer in me that we begin to, and the manager in me, I suppose, the leader in me that says, okay, we got multiple visions. You work on the children. You work on the elders. You work on the health and wellness of all. You work on housing for all. And then there's education and there's something for everybody. You see what I'm saying? So it's not, but the one compelling vision is freedom. A system of freedom and a system of liberation.
That's the compelling vision. And then within it are all the possibilities for us to envision the specifics of it. And it requires broad-based coalitions. You see all of those teams, all of those ways you're playing and contributing, there's a way that all of that comes together. That's how it is a movement. Long-term commitment ensures that it's a movement. That this season of radical change calls forth a new normal. Today, you know, Heart and Soul has its, its daily read. Our daily devotional is Marian Williamson's A Year of Miracles. And today, she has entitled it, Every Encounter is a Holy Encounter. And that in every interaction, love is the bottom line. What if? I mean, just for drill, you don't have to, but just for drill. What if that was our affirmation, that was our declaration, that was our intention for today? That every interaction, the bottom line is love. And that each and every one of us endeavors to be our best self in everything in our mirror work, in our connection and comment with others when the system went down, watch how you acted. Whether you were entitled and, and, and there was some energetic that was validating a sense of entitlement and this should not a look, there's something about us rolling with and knowing something more. I think every movement loses folks when it doesn't work the way they thought it should. Folks start dropping out. Well, if it's going to be, I'm, they going to be in it. I'm not going to be in it. If it's going to be on Wednesday, I'm not going. If it's going to be in the morning, no, I thought it was an afternoon. You, you see, hmm. Maybe, maybe we can endeavor to have love be the bottom line. Maybe we can get over our personal preferences and we can stand for the greater good. Maybe we can participate even when we don't like the color of it or the flavor of it. You know, I declared a few years ago to transform my life so that I was not living from my taste buds. Just because it didn't taste good didn't mean that I couldn't partake of it. That if it was for my greater good, I was not going to miss out on it because of the way it tasted. And that just, I mean, that's a metaphor. It's, it's, it's literal as well, but it's a metaphor for all of the times I, I, I don't think I like that, I'm out. Mm, what day, what time, I'm out. But it's living in a way that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about you personally. Now there's some work that is about me. There's some work that is about you solely. But there's also a greater vision into which we must pour and participate. That we must contribute that is not about our personal preferences. It's about the greater good. And look here, if we don't know anything else, we've got to know that the sky is the limit. 
You know, in, in summer school, we've just begun on this past, this week, Wednesday, just a few days ago. And our theme and focus is a shortcut to a miracle. A change is going to come. And I want to leave you right now with this notion that if we believe it, we'll receive it. And that the sky is the limit. Our work this day is to expect a miracle. Because some of y'all are doubting. Yeah, Rev, I heard you. All that, but they ain't going to do that. This isn't about them. This is about us expecting a miracle so completely that we call it forth for the highest and best for all concerned. Tammy Brown, tell them about it. I'm looking for a miracle. I expect I feel the intangible. I see the invisible. I'm looking for a miracle. I expect the impossible. 
And so we know that we are engaged in the creation of a new collective freedom into which we must pour our good. And so this is an opportunity to pour into our good right now through the power of gracious giving. And at Heart and Soul Center of Light, we have lots of ways in which you can graciously give to this ministry. You can mail your gracious gift to Heart and Soul Center of Light, 1001 42nd Street, Suite 100, Oakland, California, 94609. You can also give online to heartsoulcenter.org slash give. And you can set that gift up as a recurring gift, giving automatically at the time intervals that you deem fit and necessary, or you can give a one-time gift. My favorite way of giving is texting the word give to 510-558-49. Your gift is available and comes through 24 hours a day using that method. And whatever method you use, is that may be right and perfect, but it's really important that we bless our good, thereby declaring an intention for the goodness that our gift will do in the world, even before it's a given. So wherever you may be in the world, I invite you now to perhaps take your gift in hand or place your hand over your heart and let us recite our blessing of good together. I bless this gift as healing energy and send it into the divine flow of all good. Infinite prosperity circulates through me, through my church, and throughout the world because I know God as source, and so it is. Thank you, Tammy Hall. Thank you, Tammy Brown. Oh, heart and soul. Expect a miracle every day. Ah, so the practitioners are continue to support us in whatever our work is to do in our own lives and for the greater good of all concerned, there is a Monday evening throughout this month, every Monday evening from 6.30 to 7.15, you can see on your screen the way to uh, participate in their book study. So it's using the, the uh, A Year of Miracles that I spoke about um, just before we had the song and you have the opportunity to give. So that's going to be a worthwhile endeavor. 
So if it's at all possible, participate in that. That's for Monday. And I just want to remind you the ways that we are supporting you and the ways that you can be engaged. So that's for Monday evening. Then on Wednesday evening for week two, for our second session, our very first ever virtual summer school, 2020. Uh, again, it's via uh, Zoom registration, advanced registration is required. So register right away. Very simply, it's heartsoulcenter.org slash summer school sign up. Get in, be there. It's a phenomenal opportunity to do the work, do your personal work so that you can contribute to the greater good in a more profound way. And then on Thursdays, you can kick back with who? Tammy Hall, the phenomenal T Tammy Hall on Facebook Live on Thursday from 6 to 8. And although I said kick back, because of her consciousness and her amazing ability to translate that into music, it is still a part of the engagement for the week. As always, we are in support of Marcus Bookstores, which is the oldest independent black bookstore, brick and mortar, in the country. And we are blessed to have it in Oakland. And our intention is to ensure that it stays in Oakland and is viable and thriving. So we're asking for your support, your financial support, as well as, you know, some delicious Jamaican cuisine for takeout take or pickup from Kingston 11. And uh, just quickly to update you, the Pulse, which are our teens, meet on Sundays at 11.30, so they'll be meeting soon. If you have a teen, be sure to send an email to uh, pulse at heartsoulcenter.org to inquire about including your teenager. The Youth and Family Village, which is for our youngins, is on hiatus for the month of July, and they're expecting to be back in August. But email them if you intend to participate because they have a questionnaire out. And so it would be important for them to hear from you if you have an intention of having your little, your youngin participate. So know that that's important. That's at YF, like Frank, V like Victor, YFV at heartsoulcenter.org. And the power of prayer. You are supported in prayer immediately following our service. Give us about 10 minutes. Uh, after the conclusion of the service, but you're invited to dial in and the prayer room will be available um, and just know that it's a power. Anytime you're invited to get some prayer, go for it. There's a lot for us to be about, to step up, and we want to be sure to. We want to make certain that all of our systems are go. And you can count on us for that. I want to acknowledge that we have with us today uh, tuning in with prayers and patience. Thank you very much. The folks in L.A. and Watsonville, Cal L.A., Watsonville, North Carolina, Reno, Nevada, Aurora, Colorado, Atlanta, Georgia, and Jaco, Ajaco, Costa Rica and Jersey City, New Jersey, Rio de Janeiro, 
and Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Tucson, Arizona, Mason, in Jackson, Mississippi, Jaffrica, and certainly throughout the Bay Area. So I am just so very, very grateful for all that, all that has already transpired and that that is currently happening for us in this exact moment and what this moment gives birth to. And so I just center myself in gratitude and divine appreciation. And in divine appreciation, I am recognizing and acknowledging that there is one life and that that life is magnificent. It's whole, it's perfect, it's complete, it's the living one, it's the strong one. It is the very source of all life, my life, our life, individually and collectively. So that lets me know that we got this, that right where we are, the whole perfect and complete nature of God is, of the divine is by any and every possible name and connection. Right where we are right now, the divine vibrating in and throughout the entirety of our being, not just our body temple, but the entirety of our personal universe in such a way that it's overlapping and touching each and every one of us. The love that each of us is, is the energetic presence of the universe. We are the very love of God the very loving vibration of God, it is impossible for our love to not shift and transform the planet. Another way of saying it is that our love does shift and transform the planet. And that's what we are calling for. A loving shift and transformation of the planet. that everything that is for the highest and best for all concerned, for all concerned, the highest and best for all concerned is accomplished on our watch. That we are prepared to, that we are empowered to be and do whatever is required in order for us to have a world that works for everyone. Oh, I just rejoice. I rejoice in this idea, this vision of a world that works for everyone. And I embrace it. I accept it. I take it in. I work toward it. I invest in it. I contribute to it. I am committed to a world that works for everyone. And in this commitment, in this energetic presence, in this divine frequency of it being for all, building systems and creating opportunities that work for all, each and every one of us, I just give thanks for knowing that it's done. I give thanks for the power of this word. I give thanks for knowing that right where I am right now, 
the whole perfect and complete nature of God is. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Show me the ways that all of this unfolds from my love, from my actions, from my willingness, from my availability. And then I release this word into the perfect activity of law. I let it be. I seal it forever and always by simply saying, and so it is. Amen. Ashe. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Give me the that will bring life. Words on the wings of the morning, the dark nights will fade away if you speak to my heart. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit, message of love to encourage me. Lifting my heart from despair, how you love me, care for me, speak to my heart, speak to my heart, Holy Spirit, message of love to encourage me.
speed. 